Welcome to another episode of Business Made Simple. I'm your host, Tim Mansour, and my co-host and wife, Crystal Mansour. We are broadcasting live from the Business Radio X Subaru Gwinnett Studio. Today's podcast we are so excited about. It is about our current business in flipping homes. We want to provide you with information and a 10-point step-by-step guide on flipping houses. Tim, we have enjoyed creating this guide so much on how we've been successful. Um, There's a lot of false information we have found out that people hear, and um, we want to share um, our guide so that we can help others and give them the simple truth about flipping homes. People ask us, first thing is, how do you find a house to flip? Well, let's talk about foreclosure homes at first. And most of our foreclosure homes were buying off the courthouse steps. And a lot of people don't understand on the courthouse how it works. So let's go over that a little bit. Number one is the first Tuesday of each month, most counties, if they have foreclosures, and most of them do, they're on the courthouse steps. And they call it on the courthouse steps because it's got to be on the outside of the courthouse. And the time is from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Usually never goes that long, but... Usually, probably up till about 12 or 1 o'clock, it's just according of what county you're in and how many foreclosures they have. But the way it works, people don't understand. You have to take cash to these sales. And when I say cash, that means, of course, cash money exactly, or you can take checks made out to yourself, and you need to get them in different increments so that when you buy the home, if it's $165,000, you want to have as close to $165,000 as you can because the situation is, you cannot leave the courthouse once you've bought a home you have to pay for it right then if you decide that you want to go get extra money they will put that back on the courthouse steps and not let you bid on it i'm gonna give you an example of what happened to crystal now one time we went and got money the day before or no i'm sorry it was the day of and that's what got us in trouble we were a little bit late our banker was not used to doing this so they gave us two hundred thousand dollars but we got it in increments of fifty thousand dollars which is a mistake so we go to the courthouse, we go to look at homes, we have about 15 or 20, and we'll talk about that and how we did that in a minute. But anyway, we bought a home for $108,000. Now, we didn't have but 100, we had 150000 so what I told the people at auction.com, which is a great company, is that we would put down $100,000, run to the bank, get the other eight, come back, and pay for it. Of course, they wouldn't let us do that. We didn't know that at the time. This was probably five or six years ago. They said, you have to pay for it right now, and if you don't, they're going to put it back on the courthouse steps. So, of course, I started sweating because I'm thinking $150,000, wow. I'm buying a home for 108000 They said, well, what we'll do is our lawyers will send you the extra 42000 back in the mail. Now, of course, not knowing the company at that time, it made me very nervous. And I sat there and fussed with each and every one of them, I, and I probably was a little rougher than I should have been. But it was a it was a rule that I just didn't know about. Ended up giving them $150,000 for the $108,000 home. Two weeks later, I got a check in the mail for $42,000. And I want to say this about auction.com. We've done some seminars with them. They are a great company. Since then, we've done uh, 50 houses, and probably out of that, 35, 40 of them is with auction.com. They are unbelievable. The great thing about it is when we first started doing this, we used to have to go through the newspaper, go to the back of the newspaper, look at all these houses, go to the courthouse. You had five or eight lawyers out there yelling and screaming. You had to figure out what house is which, and it was a tough situation. 
Auction.com, the great thing about them is they have a website or an app that you can go on, and it tells you everything that's going on in the courthouse steps that day. Now, we do a lot in Gwinnett County, so we pull up Gwinnett, but we can pull up anywhere in the country and know about the houses that are going up for auction. Crystal and I will ride around usually a week and a half, two weeks before the auction, look at the homes, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to go look at the houses, even though we can't even get inside a lot of them, we can look at the big ticket items on the outside. And a lot of times, some people sometimes are, are they're not vacant. There might be someone in the home, and you have to know that too. So Crystal will sit there, write everything down, take pictures of the home, because when you're looking at 20 and 25 homes, it's a lot. When, you, when you go to the courthouse, you've got to remember every single home that you're bidding on. And we always put the top dollar we'll give for it, and um, you know we go from there. We do not go over our top dollar bid. Now, to how to get to that, you have to know the big ticket items. You've got to know what's going on with these houses and we'll get in more of that a little bit later so that is one way to find these houses on the uh, on the courthouse steps and it is a, a great experience if i would say before you buy a home you need to go and just get the experience because it's something else another thing a lot of people don't know when you buy the home they don't give you keys and here you go good luck you you might have to break into your own home to get in it if no one's in it if someone's in it you have to deal with it and we have been very lucky with that we've had probably 10 people that have lived in the home and i suggest when you do that go to the door tell them what's going on most of them know and just just be as nice as you can with them because again these people are losing their home it's not something that anybody wants so a lot of times i mean i'm very patient with them i give them as much time as i can and i think the longest time that i've ever had to give someone is about three weeks most of the time if you're nice to them work with them it will work out it is an experience it's an experience better now than what we used to have years ago when we would go back in 2000 probably 9 10 it was a lot of work it was a lot a lot more work and i love that's what i love about auction.com now the worst case scenarios if they don't get out of course you have to go to the courthouse and file an appeal about that and that's uh, another step but like i said most of the time it will work out the second way we find homes and there's there's about four or five different ways of course nobody wishes this on anybody but people that's going through divorce and the longer you're into this, we've been in it about seven years, eight. Seven, eight. seven, eight years. Yeah. So people know about us. So a lot of times people that even are going through a divorce will call us and say, hey, you know, we're, we're getting rid of this. We're ready to make a move. And again, like everybody says, cash is king. So if you can have cash on you, even if you have to get a home equity line, whatever, it means a lot because a lot of people in divorce cases ready to get something done. Also, in a death situation where a family member dies and the house is left maybe to the kids or whatever, we just did one of those. And the kids told us pretty much they are ready to make a deal. We made a deal with them. They left almost everything in the home. I mean, they were ready just for one thing, and that's, I hate to say, get the cash and run, and that's kind of what happened. So the courthouse step, course of divorces, deaths, and mainly another thing is relationships. We have a lot of people out there, some of them that work with us, some of them that don't work with us, and, and they were just friends that might call us and say, we have an empty house that they see. We, at that time, we were checking out. We have a great realtor, and we'll talk about a little bit about that. And her name is Cherry Tolliver. Cherry does a terrific job for us, and she will give us all the information within 10 minutes of when we call her. And that's something that we'll talk a lot about because people always ask me, why do you use a realtor? Why not sell it yourself? And we'll talk about that, too. Well, you know, Tim, when we talk about relationships... A lot of people ask how we fell into flipping houses, and that is such a great story because our very first house, 
is the house we live in now that we were just going to purchase because it was right beside us. We were going to just fix it up and sell it and just kind of see how it goes because it was vacant for for about two years. So that's such a great story that uh, our neighbor calls us and says, you know, hey, that house is going up on the courthouse stead. Did you know that? And they called us on a Monday. We couldn't find out who owned the house, which is usually pretty easy to do with Cherry, but we couldn't find out. Ended up going to the the, the courthouse step on Tuesday and uh, bought the home. Actually, we were going to talk about tearing the home down. It's on five acres. We th- it was an older house. My builder came in and said, gosh, it's built so well. You ought to redo it. We did that. We thought about selling it and kind of fell in love with it ourselves and been there ever since, which has been about 10 years, I guess. And that was the start of flipping houses, right? That is. The last thing that we usually do is just drive around. Sometimes we'll just drive around and see a home and um, just call on it. I'll call Cherry. She'll give me information like when the house was built, uh, how long, uh, what they paid for the house, what the house is worth. And that is the biggest problem that people don't understand. What is the house worth? Not what you think it's worth, but what is it worth? And the way to find that out is, of course, any kind of um, appraisals. What is selling in that area? That means everything. So what people don't understand is if you have a $200,000 home that that's what's selling in that area and you put 300000 in it, you can put gold-plated everything it's going to sell for the appraised value, which will be somewhere around that $200,000 mark. So that's something we'll talk a little bit about also. But we had a situation that we, uh, there's a home that's in between my mother's house and our house that we saw for over seven years that was empty. It was a ranch brick house. You could hardly see it because of the growth. Two, the windows were out of it, sheetrock, all the wire was tore out, the roof was horrible, it was falling. It was just unbelievable. But it was a great lot we called Cherry. We tried everything to find out about these people, and she could find the name, of, uh, but they were in North Carolina, found no numbers or anything. So the only way, and everybody around there we were talking to, everybody was trying to find out whose house is this, what's going on. So we did it the old-fashioned way. We wrote a letter to these people, and I said, Cherry, we'll, I mean, Crystal, we'll probably never hear back from these people. Long story short is we wrote the letter. One week later, a lady named Desiree called us back and said, we own the house. My mother owned the home. We all live in North Carolina. We've been talking about selling this house for so many years, but we just, none of us wanted to come down and fool with it. I said, we're very interested in it, but have you, do you know the, the shape it's in? It's just horrible. We're not sure if we'll just tear the house down. You could not walk around this home because it was so thick of briars and all. So uh, we talked to the lady. I bought the house for $35,000 with the land and everything. We, and it was not squared. What was funny about it, it was a kind of a little piece that we sold to the neighbor for $9,000 to square his property off and also square this property off. So we had 25 in the home. That doesn't happen much. We put about 105 in it. It came, it came out beautiful, sold it for $219,000. So what I'm saying there is there will be situations you have to really go and search and find as much as you can about these homes, but you need to know as much as you can about them before you turn around and purchase one. But the most important thing is you need to know what you're going to sell it for before you buy it. And some people think, well, how do you do that? Well, it's all about appraisals. And, and you need to know, we try to know within four to $5,000 how much we're going to put in the house and four to 5000 of how much we're going to sell the house for. And we've been very lucky there because we have a great realtor and we go by appraisals. We go by numbers, business, and you just can't do it by just what you're hoping to get out of it. You've got to know the numbers before you do it. Well, you're right, because Cherry does so much of the research for us. Um, 
finding out, you know, pricing and comps and, you know, just general information about the homes from her realtor side, which a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to do it myself. You know, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to kind of, you know, do the listing. I'm going to show it, which is great. I mean, that is an option. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but she does um, a, a lot of work for us that saves us a lot of time on the front end on deciding on properties and how we do it. But as we kind of talk about each step um, I know we've talked about you know how we've got started um, finding homes but a lot of people also ask us how long does it take when you flip a house and that's that's a loaded question because you just a lot has to do with that number one is who do you have working for you do you have a team are you going to do it yourself how large is the home how much are you going to do to the home so there's a lot to that so what we do we have a great team our team is ready to go uh, pretty much when we call them and we have a little uh, you know we have every single step we have someone that can do it so um, a lot has to do with that uh, the biggest thing is when you do a home you cannot sell that home most of the time for any kind of loan like if you do conventional loans great but if they do an FHA you have to wait 90 days no matter what to sell that home we've had homes that we've fixed up in a month and a half had a contract on it and had to wait another half a month 30 days i mean another 15 days 16 days really to sell it because we had to sell it on the 91st day so that's a law that a lot of people don't uh, don't understand so a lot has to do with how much you do how large the home is how much you put into it but usually it's around i would say three to five months to to fix the home up and sell it and we've done them a little quicker and a little bit longer it's just according to again the size of the home uh, the big thing is knowing the repairs. I mean, that's the big thing. And so when we're riding around, Crystal and I ride around, we look at the big ticket items. Very important. Let's look at the roof because the roof can cost you as little as six and as high as fifteen thousand dollars to replace the roof. We look at the landscaping. How much landscaping? And usually on landscaping, it's not as bad except when you have big trees or big limbs over the house. What is that going to take? Another one is the HVA system. That is very important. That can cost you. To fix it, maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand, but to replace it, it can cost six to eight thousand. The windows are they rotted? Do you need to replace the windows, the foundation, or the the driveway? So we can ride around and look at a home, and never get inside, and pretty much get very close to what we're going to spend. And the reason we do that is we always put granite countertops in them. We always put new appliances. And people say, well, those appliances are okay. Why do that? When people walk in our homes especially ladies how they are about cooking and some guys they love that new look and especially new appliances they're the first to cook in it so that's important we want to make sure the home has that as new feel and look as it possibly can even if it's an older home when we get finished with them they just look brand new almost yeah we make them new but here's the reason and we put new flooring in if they're wood floors that are there we can sand them all the way down and put them that's great if not we put new flooring new carpet the smell of it, everything, I think is important. So when people walk in the homes that we do, we ask top dollar. If, if Cherry calls and says, look, this home can sell up to $275,000, we're going to ask two hundred seventy-five or two hundred eighty thousand and negotiate to two seventy-five. We're going to ask top dollar, but in return, we fix them up to the top. There's a lot of people, they'll call me, I'll say, Tim, I'm looking at buying this home. We're going to throw some paint on it, uh, not even replace the car, but we're going to do this, and that, and we're going to sell it. And that sounds great, but remember this. When most people that are going to buy your home is going to the bank, the bank's not going to lend money to anyone till they send their own appraisers out there and their own people that's going to do the Jeez. inspection. They're going to have their own people. And I don't care if you have a brand-new home, the inspectors are going to find things that are not right with it. 
I had a guy the other day tell me, he said, well, you know, with the appraisals, you can just tell them what you're asking for and they'll do that. Guys, that that is far as from the truth as I've ever heard. That used to be. Years ago, you could do that. Nowadays, the banks have their own appraisals, and they are very funny about those. They are not going to miss their appraisal. So if in the area the houses are selling for 150000 that's what they're going to pick up, and that's what your home's going to sell for. So you've got to remember that. Don't overput in the house thinking, well, if I do this, it's going to appraise more. It's not. It's going to appraise for what that area is appraising for. Well, our next point is about upgrades and structural modifications. We talk a lot about trends and colors and how do we change floor plans. That's a big part of what we do and how we make things trendy and fresh and up to date. So let's talk a little bit about the upgrades and modifications that we do. Yeah, we're big on that. And we're big, of course, like everybody nowadays is the open floor plan. So we uh, do a lot of LVO beams. And what that are, that's where we take walls down we have a company, and we actually use Ace for this, and they'll give us the exact amount that this this wall needs to hold up, and they'll give us the exact kind of LVL beam we need. So we do a lot of opening up the walls. But here's again, we go back and look, what will it bring us back? And that's important. As you do changes in a home, Crystal and I always look at each other and say, well, we, we can do this. It'll cost us $3,000. Does it bring back $3,000? Don't do things that you're doing just for yourself. And I'm going to say this, and it's kind of in a funny way. You're not going to be invited back for Christmas uh, dinner there. And you're not going to go eat dinner with them on Easter. You are not going to ever probably walk back in that home. So you have to make decisions, not by your heart, but by your mind. And what I mean by that is we had a situation um, that we were looking at this wall, taking it down. And it was a probably 20, 20 feet long wall. It was a big wall. My builder said, Tim, it'll cost you probably six or seven thousand dollars by the time you tear the wall down redo this redo that i mean it's crazy numbers so we said well let's not take the whole wall down let's just do a 10-foot opening so we don't have to have an lvl beam we don't have to redo anything we did that it worked out great cost us about seven eight hundred dollars to take that out so that's what i mean sometimes you have to look and say what will it take to make the change is it worth the change i remember one time my mother walked in one of the houses we were doing she said well i just don't like that kind of rock on the fireplace and I wasn't trying to be mean, but I said, well, Mom, are you going to live here? And she said, well, no. And I said, well, that, that's not something that we're going to change because it won't bring more, more value to the home. The, the fireplace looked fine. So you have to make decisions like that. A lot of people make decisions like it's their home. It's not their home. Make decisions on what that house can bring back to you. That's very important. Well, as we talk about trends, colors, price points, and, you know, the upgrades and the modifications that we do, that's super important because that's what keeps the house fresh from the exterior, the curb appeal, you know, to the inside. When people come up, they want it to look brand new or almost brand new but the trends and the colors for me that is the fun part I really just super enjoy it it's it's really part of what kind of excites me when first drive when we even first drive by a house I start kind of reevaluating kind of my vision of it Um, then we talk about it and kind of what you see and what I see and we just kind of bring it together to where in the end that's something that what I enjoy doing is always do before and after pictures so in the end we can go back and look at what we did in the beginning and what it looked like and then what it looks like on the ending product but um, the trends and colors I use apps Uh, apps are so big with people now you can get any possible app that you ever dream of Um, a few of them that I use I use Hows H-O-U-Z-Z I use that. I use Pinterest. Of course, you can Google anything you want now. I use a lot of Sherwin-William Sherwin colors. 
um, a matchup with Home Depot and Lowe's. So you have a lot of resources. You just have to be creative. You just kind of have to have a little bit of a vision when you're looking at something. But trends, colors, price points, um, like you're talking about, Tim, is is really important. So don't be afraid to be creative and don't be afraid to, to kind of experience with different things because that's kind of what it's about. The trends change so fast, and especially colors change so fast. You know, best thing is just be creative with it. The next point that we talk about is a huge part of what the cost, the ending cost that we have in houses is going to be materials and repairs, the construction. Exactly. And what we do with materials is really important. We buy all of our materials. We don't let someone go and search and we're paying for them to go buy our materials. So we go to Lowe's, we go to Home Depot, we go to Ace Hardware. We use other companies that we have one in Winder that builds our doors. We have one in Athens that does the windows. We, ha- we have different people and we always are checking prices. But what's important is if you have the time, pick your own materials up. Don't get charged for someone to go, go shopping for you. It's almost like we pick up all of our materials. Now, here's another thing we do that a lot of people don't do. When, when we don't use that material, let's say that we have four boards left or we have a little bit of tile left, we take it back. I mean, I've taken things back for $30 to $300. Don't let it sit around and waste because here's how we work it. When we buy the home, we have a number. We write that number down. Every penny from then on, we write down. We have a list. So at the end, I know exactly the profit we made. So if we get, if it's 100 or 200 or $400 of material I'm taking back, I want to make sure that I take it off the list so that at the end, I know what, exactly what we spent. We always compare prices. We return materials. We pick up materials. And I think that's just so important because that, that that little bit can really add up. Well, the cost always kind of factors in on everything, like you're talking about materials, repairs, construction, labor. Labor is a big one that you also need to kind of also consider. But the big one, I think the next point is, is applying for construction permits. Should you or should you not? Well, number one is you should check with whenever you're in a county, they're all different. Find out what you need to do with permits. Now, if you're tearing walls down, putting in new electrical and all, you're going to probably need a permit. You just need to check with that county. Uh, I know this, when you ever build a deck, they're going to have permits. That's as hard as building a whole house because of the problems that they've had with decks. People, you know, of course, fall and things like that. So always check with the, the permit companies or the counties. And what you'll find out is a lot of times you go in and you're just tearing out maybe the carpet and painting, things like that. You do not probably need a permit, but always check to make sure. You don't want to get stopped in the middle of your uh, project uh, because you don't have the right permit. Well, you know, we learned so many lessons along the way. Uh, applying for permits for a house that you're flipping versus a house that you're building, it's very different. Oh, exactly, yes. If you build it from the ground up, but definitely you're going to need a permit. So a lot of times we do a lot of the houses. I would say that, you know, 50-50 we get permits and not. It's just according to what county we're in. And we've, we usually stay within an hour of, of where we live because of our, the people that work with us, our team members, so that they don't have to travel too far. We've went, you know, all the way to Stockbridge, all the way to, to Houston. I mean, we'll, we'll go anywhere, but we try to stay in that one area. Well, we talk a lot about maintaining a property. So that's a big point for us, uh, which is one of our steps, maintaining the property once we're finished. Yeah, that's important. A lot of people don't realize once you've finished and you've turned it over, or let's say you're selling it yourself. There's not a right or wrong, and I want to say this. Crystal and I, this is what's worked for us for over 50 homes, and we've been very lucky. We've never lost on them, and usually we have a little bottom dollar that we make and a top dollar. We've made as little as 
30, let's say 30 and as high as 100 on different things. It's just according to what you're doing and, and how big you want to go. But when we do a property, we always put alarm in alarms in them. And the reason is these properties are empty, and uh, we always keep lights on. We always are changing our lights. We uh, keep the grass cut. We keep it clean. And another thing that you need to do, even if you haven't, uh, you're not selling it yourself and you have uh, someone else selling for you, you still need to go by there, go through the home, re-vacuum the home, clean the carpet, do whatever you have to do so that the next person, that might be the person that's going to buy it, it looks fresh. You can't just leave it there and never go back and check on it. So that's real important. We do all that, and we make sure every time that we can, it looks good. Actually, we're going to leave here today and go buy two of our homes here in a little bit just to do that so that the next person that sees it, it looks brand new. Well, the next point is something that is not a deal breaker for a lot of people, but we do have people that ask about school districts. Talk about how important that is. Well, it's, I think it's really important. I think most people are going to, especially that have children, is going to ask about that school district. Again, Cherry comes in. She tells us the school district. So we know it. So we understand it. Now, that does not mean we're not going to buy in a place that maybe the school's not as good because everybody needs to live and, and, and you never know, you know, who's going to buy what. But it, it is something that's going to probably come up, especially if they have children. So we always check that. The more you can know about your home and the area, the better. Because people are going to ask questions, and your realtor should know it. But if you're going to sell it, especially yourself, you better know a lot about that home. Well, this is one point, the next step that we have, that has to be listed with your real estate person or whenever you're doing a disclosure for a home. And that is the HOA and the subdivision rules. Um, let's talk a little bit about what is entailed in knowing a lot about the HOAs in an area, in that subdivision that you're wanting to purchase in. Yeah, a lot of things with the HOA, people say, oh gosh, I hate it, homeowners associations. Well, the thing is, the good thing about it is, I know it's more money a a year, but the thing is, they keep most everything clean. You're not being able to maybe park on the road, or you're not going to be able to work on your car outside the home, and you can't go with certain colors, and that helps if you have a home, because we have had some homes that's not in homeowner associations, and maybe the house beside us might be pink or blue or green, which is not a right or wrong. I'm just saying sometimes that can hurt, hurt the sale of a home, of another home. So, there's nothing wrong with that. Another thing, too, is can you rent in this area? And renting uh, is is fine. And, and here's another thing going back to the courthouse. If it can be rented, a lot of time these big companies are coming in and buying these houses by the thousands. And you cannot compete with them at the courthouse steps. So a lot of times when there's rented uh, places that can be rent, you can find out that they will buy the home. They're not trying to flip the home. What they're wanting to do is buy the home keep it for seven years then maybe flip it so a lot of times we lose them to those big companies so we we love when you can't rent in the area sometimes it helps us a little bit better you also got to know is it safety tank is it sewer when you go to buy it because that means a lot also and you can tell that a lot of times people don't realize if you just look at the road are there manholes out there if it is it's sewer and another thing is if the homes are real close together it's always sewer so you have to have so much room for safety tanks but you need to understand that as you're looking at at flipping a home. Well, we talk about the sewer and septic tank aspect. Of course, sewer, there's no maintenance to it. Septic, there is. You need to know that because when you're getting ready to sell the home, lots of times it's worked in the paperwork and in the disclosure and in the sale of the home that you have to have it maintenance. You have to have it cleaned out. You have to have it serviced before the home can be sold. Yeah, and it has to be done within like a 30 or 40-day period of the closing. Again, you go back to that realtor, they should know all of that. So I'm just saying, and our realtor 
you, you we just couldn't do it without her. We just love it. We it makes it a lot easier for us. She takes care of all the paperwork, and I'm not real good at, um, let's say, I don't have a lot of patience, so it's better for me to turn <laughs> it over to her and let her handle that, and she does a great job for us. Yes. Well, the next consideration that people need to know about, because they think it's a costly expense, but it's a necessary expense, is insurance. Yeah, and that's tough because a lot of people don't realize this is not like insuring your own home that you live in. When you have these homes, they're empty. So a lot of companies do not want to cover them. We use Liberty Mutual. My brother Joseph works there, and they're a great company. What they do is they'll cover it, but the insurance you're going to get is you're going to get some liability insurance with with, with this policy, and you need that. And you're going to mainly get it where if it catches on fire. If somebody breaks into this home and tears up things, it's not going to cover because they know being empty is a bigger chance of that happening. And that's why we keep on lights, we keep the alarms on, we always are changing lights on and off because you don't want to finish this home and it's beautiful and you lose money because somebody, even let's just say kids, go in and just tear it up. But that alarm system, that those lights, that will help keep that away. And that, that's very important. Well, this next point is something that you and I have experienced firsthand that is really important to us it is a great relationship but it is so necessary for what we do and it is so necessary and and important to our success as we go forward and we've kind of talked about it already but that is real estate a lot of people talk about should you or should you not get a real estate person cherry has been fantastic at what she does she provides so much information she provides the disclosures and the in the settlement statements and the closing information and negotiation when you get to the point when you're kind of wanting to negotiate with a buyer real estate let's talk a little bit about what it has meant to us to have a real estate agent on our team again yes and and it does it means a lot to us does that mean you need to do that no if you want to find all the information out yourself and you have the time to do that and you have the patience and you want to sell it you might sell you might say six percent of that sale and five or six percent now, we use Cherry because we probably talk to her four or five times a week about another home that we're looking at, and, and, and she just tells us everything about it. It makes it real easy for us. Uh, they can tell you what is sold in that property, what the house was paid for, uh, you know, when it, when it was bought, when it was sold, it, do they have a loan on it, things like that that you need to do as you need to know as you do negotiations. And I want to go back one second about something that I missed that's real important. When you buy a house on the courthouse steps or – you buy a home from an individual, the second you buy that home, call your insurance agency. And let me explain why. If I buy a home on the courthouse steps on Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock and I get the paperwork done and it burns at 1 o'clock, I've lost every bit of that. Nobody else is covering it. So you have to make sure right when I buy a home, the first call I make is I get insurance on it to make sure I don't lose that. And that's really important also to know. The next point is about taxes and liens. A lot of people will say, I don't really understand that. Uh, I understand taxes and they have to be paid, but how do I find liens? How do I know if a property has a lien? Is that important to know? A hundred percent. When we buy at the courthouse steps, most of the ta- liens are off of it. Now, we have had maybe two out of 50-something that we had a water bill, maybe $300 that somebody missed or the county missed. What's important is if you buy from the courthouse steps, if you buy from especially just an individual you need to have a lawyer pull the title make sure it's a clean title make sure there's no liens on it and whenever you close a loan they're going to ask you do you want uh, title insurance 100 percent spend that extra three or four hundred dollars because what that does is 
if somebody misses something, you can have the greatest attorney in the world and something gets missed, it will go and be paid for off of that uh, title insurance. So you pay for that. Do not take a chance because that could actually hurt you so bad at the end and you don't want to lose something because of that. But the liens, make sure there's no liens on them. If there are liens, negotiate it. I've had people that said, hey, we got a $6,000 lien. We negotiated $6,000 out of the purchase of the thing, and I ended up having to pay for it. But you got to know about the liens before you buy a home. Well, this last point is something that is huge. It's absolutely one of the hugest parts and aspects about what we do on flipping homes. It is about what our success is about, is our team. How do you feel like building a team and, and the team of people that you have doing a lot of your work Let's talk a little bit about kind of what that has meant to us. Number one is if you've listened to any of the podcasts that we do, the success that we've had has been because of our team members. And we've had 10 different businesses, and every single business I've had, uh, no matter what, it it was the team members that made it happen. It wasn't uh, Tim or Crystal. It was a team, and we have some great teams. Uh, Let's just talk about subcontractors, the guys that we use every day. Uh, Number one, they're great friends of ours, and they do great work, and we've had a lot of them that we've been using for years from even the fitness centers or the the tennis center we had or equipment store we've had. We've used different people from different places, but we have a team for every part of our building of these houses. Now, the thing that's probably the most important thing about our team is they work hard for us. They really make a difference. The second they're done with a job with us, they're paid. And I know this sounds, it might be a little hard for you, but let me explain this. If someone's working for us on Tuesday, and they finish the job on Wednesday, they get paid on Wednesday afternoon. And they know that. If they, They're not going to wait 30 days for a check. They're not going to get done Monday and have to pay them Friday. I'm paying them that day. And that's tough. But I can tell you this, when I call them, they are there. I've had my team members working on another job that had nothing to do with me, called them and said, I really need something done. And I'm not trying to be mean to anyone but they'll leave a job to get to me because they know the second they're done they get paid and that means a lot to these guys they are working hard for you they are part of the team and we want them to make money we want our realtor to make money we want our painters to make money we want everybody to make money because we are making money and if they're making money and we're a team we're all in good shape it's never a one-sided where we're the only ones making money it doesn't make sense so take care of your team and and just like this when you call someone and you want them out there, you'll do anything to get them out there. We'll pay them for when, when they come out there because from then on, you're building a relationship with them, and that means everything. We get, we're good with people that we buy our, um, our vendors. We buy materials from them all the time. It's almost like they're part of our team also. Our insurance agencies, part of our team. Our real estate agency, part of our team. So we have a winning team. That's what's made us successful. And uh, we can answer any of your questions. I mean, if you want, uh, there's a lot about flipping homes. It's not just buying something, throw some paint on it, and and let's sell it. I mean, you've got to deal with a lot. It's probably one of the um, best times we've had together. We have a lot of free time. We have great people, and that's why we have free time. And we've done uh, done well with it. We're very excited about it. We will help you in any way we can. Uh, Somebody asked me the other day, why would you give all that information out? Let me tell you, in this world, if you want to do what we're doing, we, we hope the best for you. There's plenty out there for everybody. Nobody's, I'm not trying to get somebody else's or somebody's trying to get mine. Work with people, and that's what it's all about. We have um, had many people shadow us and follow us around, 
and they've learned a lot because why do they need to make the mistakes that we did when we first started? So uh, nobody's perfect. We try to do what we got. We we need to do. Again, we're giving you information that's worked for us. That doesn't mean it needs to work for you. You can try anything you like. Uh, we'd love to help you any way we can, and we just appreciate your time. Well, we talk about the book that we wrote, and each chapter at the end, we talk about lessons that we've learned. So kind of touching a little bit on what you just said, Tim, we've been there. We've actually needed to learn as we kind of go. So we've also put ourselves in the positions to where we ask questions. We go to the people that have that knowledge that we're looking for. So yeah, please don't be afraid to ask a question, send us your business question, flipping question, whatever that you want to ask us and we'll be more than happy to respond, get you the information that you need. But please join us again on June the 10th for a business roundtable where we'll be sharing different aspects of business with some special family guests here on Business Made Simple. We hope you enjoyed the show today. We invite you to visit our website at www.mansour, that's M-A-N-S-O-U-R, international.com to learn more about us or to catch up on past episodes. We look forward to talking to you again on Business Made Simple podcast. And until then, watch Watch what what you you wish wish for. for. It It might might come come true. true.